Hello listeners. September is National Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Join us at Relay FM in supporting St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Learn more and donate now at 512pixels.net slash September. It is the 23rd of September, 2014, and it is Tuesday. Welcome back to Connected on Relay FM. This episode of Connected is brought to you by two fantastic sponsors, and that is lynda.com, where you can instantly stream thousands of courses created by industry experts. For a free trial, visit lynda.com slash connected. And Harry's, an exceptional shave at a fraction of the price. My name is Mike Hurley, and today I am joined by Mr. Federico Vitici. Hi, Federico. Hello, Mike. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's been a great week. I'm happy to be here, and I'm happy to be here with the guys in the chat room. I'm, I'm back. I mean, you guys, uh, you said that I died last week, but I was only in No, Italy. we said you were deceased. Uh, okay. Yeah, but that's, you... that's not really like dying. It's well, like it is a... actually 100% that. No, it's like a fancier way of, you know, ending your existence. Oh, okay, not dying there. Yeah. It was fun. I, I listened to the show on the plane back from, from Italy. I enjoyed it very much. Um, but I, I missed I missed you. I missed Stephen. Stephen's not here. We'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, and I'm glad to be back on the show. I love this show very much, and so I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I missed you too, especially the way that you handled the introductions. You know, because it's, it's like... Me and Steven, we're waiting for you all the time. So uh, when you're not here, it's like there's a presence in, in on Skype. Like, you know, it's kind of weird and unsettling. So it's much better when you when you do it like, the, you know, when you introduce us to the world. Thank um, you. Steven does a, a great job, but it's like you are the, like the, the glue that keeps us together. You warm, you warm my heart, Federico Vitici. So uh, our uh, brother-in-arms, Mr. Stephen Hackett, is not with us today because he has some fantastic news. Um, as of yesterday, which was the 22nd of September, and the Hackett family welcomed a new arrival, Jude Stephen Hackett, um, a little baby boy. So congratulations so much to the Hackett family, to, to one of my best friends in the world and the co-founder of Relay FM and his lovely family for their fantastic, beautiful little addition to the Hackett families. Congratulations, everyone. Yeah. So send your congratulations to at ISMH for uh, the birth of his new son. But we do have, Federico, we have such a huge show today. Why? How so? Oh, it's been, a, it's been a slow month for Apple News. Well, I've I've dreamed up some topics and we're going to talk about some of my hopes and wishes for the next two hours. How do, what do you think about that? Cool, yeah. But before we get on to my, my hopes and dreams, we do have a... a plethora of follow-up which i have to run through this week this is definitely steven's domain so we're going to see how we go so our friend the wizard carl's the gray um he <laughs> sent to us a tweet in which he attached another tweet um <laughs> he sent a tweet with a tweet yes <laughs> that's a real wizardry yeah uh well that's the way he works um <laughs> this tweet by jeff lamarche uh which says with iOS 8, it almost feels like some apps have been reverse Sherlocked, like one password. Federico, what do you think of that as an assessment? That's a that's a great point, but um, I wanted to add a few thoughts. Um, okay. So the point is that because of extensions, I think um, 
uh, Jeff. Uh, his point is that because of these new technologies, apps can be better integrated in apps like Safari or um, I don't know other uh, other Apple apps that have a share sheet. And for instance, now one password can be uh, launched directly in Safari, so you can fill your logins on a on a you know on web pages, and that's a, that's a great point. But there's still the fact that um, because of how, how Apple designs things, uh, there are still many limitations. Um, you know about the, for the kind of um, access that third-party apps get to the system. So, for in one password's case, um, you could argue that you can use one password as a replacement for um, iCloud Keychain, and that's doable, totally doable. And I'm, in fact, I'm using one password in Safari every day. But um, one password is still limited to you know the share sheet. Uh, you, you cannot have the same kind of uh, integration and flexibility that you get on OS X with one password extension in Safari, which can work in background all the time. Uh, on iOS 8, you need to activate one password from the share sheet. And so that's one of the first differences from, you know, um, OS 10 and iOS and iOS 8. Uh, I would also argue that because of this uh, new secure design uh, that Apple uh, chose for extensions in iOS 8, you're always going to be limited to um, the so-called extension points. Uh, so extensions, and by extensions I mean widgets and keyboards as well, um, not just action and share extensions, they're always, at least now, they're always going to be restricted to a specific area of the of the OS. So widgets cannot go on the home screen, they can only be in notification center, and keyboards, they, they have all sorts of weird bugs right now, but more importantly, they have all sorts of limitations. Um, they cannot enjoy the same, for instance, the same keyboard switcher uh, that the Apple keyboards have, and they cannot access dictation, and they cannot access, you know, all these other features that uh, that are possible with the default solution. So Apple is opening up, and that's great news, but they're still doing so in a way that, you know, there's a long way to go for developers to have the same kind of native 100% uh, full access integration with the rest of the OS. So the, the, there are, you know, all these private APIs that Apple is not sharing yet. Um, I think there's a long way to go for Apple to be, uh, for Apple to be completely open about the, the kind of stuff that a developer can do on iOS. And... Right now, it's a great starting point, especially because of the way that iOS used to be. And to respond to the tweet that Kyle sent um, and to Jeff, I do think that reverse share locking is a good point. I think that it's possible to use apps like 1Password and maybe in the, fu in the future where we're going to see, uh, for instance, mail clients that offer share extensions um, that lets you uh, write any and send an email from Safari without using the Apple Mail app. Uh, for um, that's another example of possible reverse share locking of a third-party app becoming more integrated with the first-party app. Um, I think it's a good starting point. I think there's a long way to go for developers to gain the same access, and I think Apple has a lot of bugs to fix, especially when it comes to extensions, when it comes to keyboards, when it comes to iOS 8 in general. Um, it's not as buggy and as problematic as iOS 7 was last year, uh, but there's still, you know, a lot of work to do. So I, I would conclude this brief piece of follow-up as a good point, but not yet. 
Reachability doesn't move notifications down. That's um, crazy. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. So this is something that's come from uh, Jackamick on Twitter, even though the actual, interestingly, uh, the tweet link seems to have disappeared. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. So it seems like that there was maybe a tweet sent to us that has now been deleted. No, it was not a tweet sent to you. Oh, well, there was a, mm-hmm. there was a link to a tweet. Anyhow, uh, yes, on in in applications using reachability brings down um, the application view, right? So it bring it slides the whole app down. But on the home screen, it just slides your app icons down, but leaves the status bar at the top, and the bottom rows of your apps slide below the dock. So what this doesn't do is if you get uh, a notification on the home screen or if you get a notification anywhere it doesn't bring that down so you'll you'll double tap and it will slide the app icons down or it will slide the app the app down it's the view of the application so that doesn't it doesn't help you and and the one of the other things i wanted to point out also it doesn't help you access notification center any easier either oh because the status bar does doesn't move the status bar doesn't move <laughs> that's that seems like the kind of a half-baked solution that Apple would do. So, yep. yeah, that's got to change, I think. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk about the iPhone 6 that I'm getting uh, later on the show, but um, reachability seems so weird to me. Um, I think it's probably a better solution than what Samsung is doing with the um, weird uh, phone mode uh, thing. Have, have you seen screenshots of the, the kind of um, one-handed mode that Samsung has on, I think, the Note? Yeah. Three or four. It shrinks yeah. the apps down into the corner. <laughs> like in the corner, yeah. It's like they're punishing an app for existing. And um, yeah, probably reachability is a, is a better solution. It still, it still kind of confirms that you know, four inch, uh, a four inch phone was the you know, uh, the biggest size that that Apple uh, could do to allow people to still use just one thumb to interact with the device. And now. Uh, I mean, the screen, the screen is bigger, the screen may be better. It's awesome, it's a large screen, but still, uh, you, you remember the old commercial about uh, the iPhone 5 and the 4-inch display? Yep. I wonder, I wonder how Apple feels about that. Because even, even the new phones, right? Um, if you go to the website, uh, the, and I talked about this last week, um, the, the tagline is uh, bigger than bigger. It doesn't really explain why bigger is also better. Um, and then there's the new commercial that the company aired uh, last night with Jimmy Fallon and Justin Timberlake. And one of them is, is called Huge. And basically it's uh, Fallon trying to explain why... It, it feels like an episode of Connected, honestly. Uh, it, there's Fallon trying to explain why the, the bigger screen is better. And in the background there's Timberlake just saying Huge. Yeah, but it's huge. Oh, it's so huge. It's it, This is like 30 seconds of this. And so it seems to me that Apple just wanted a bigger screen just because consumers want bigger screens. Uh, but there are some consumers that don't want bigger screens. They're fine with the 4-inch display. So I would really, uh, I would be really surprised if the 4-inch display doesn't come back at some point. Well, it's not gone away yet. <laughs> you know what I mean. No, and I'm, I'm, I'm not being... Uh... I'm not trying to be facetious. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. I know, because I, I saw this argument for people to try to be, you know, the smart in this way. Uh, 
people don't want to feel like second-class citizens. You, you cannot tell people, yeah, but you can get a 5S for like 99. What's, what's the price now for free? I don't know. Uh, that's not an iPhone 6. I mean, people want the latest iPhone only in a smaller size. And I have quite a few friends actually who are not seriously buying an iPhone 6 because it's bigger. I'm sure, I mean, the numbers, uh, they speak for themselves. Apple sold like 10 million iPhones in a weekend. Uh, but there are people who are not buying an iPhone because it's bigger, so. Well, I mean, I'm sure there are, but... I'm sorry to be the guy. No, 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 you're not being that guy. I I mean, yeah, of course there aren't people that are buying, but I reckon there are people that are buying, and those numbers are showing it, right? Biggest sales ever uh, in an opening weekend with some key countries where they're going to make potential bigger differences not included, you know? I I think that this is an overall positive win for Apple, these bigger sizes with sales numbers. We'll see how it translates in a couple of years, um, see what they do. I mean, I think we, we're not going to know what Apple's stance will be on this for a few years' time um, because those devices aren't going to... They're just going to fall down the chain. They're not going to go away just yet. Yeah, I think that, that, in, that in a few years, maybe in a decade, um, smaller phones are going to become are going to become fashionable again, uh, because people may you know people will have uh, forgot about you know uh, when phones used to be small, and some company will come up with an idea and say, oh look, at, we made a phone so small you can use it with one hand <laughs> as a marketing point, <laughs> but it used to, it used to be that way. <laughs> Just uh, people tend to forget these things. Stephen finally got what he feels he deserves this week. Um, a Reddit uh, thread or post. What is this called on Reddit? Uh, the the post is the, the you know the person that um, the original item. The right, thread so. is what follows underneath. So there's a post and then a thread. Uh, it's titled "The Grown Up Guide to Apple." Uh, Stephen is included as being a grown up talking mm-hmm. about Apple. Uh, along with people like Benedict Evans, Marco Arment, and John Syracuse. Um, the fact that Stephen got called a grown-up, I think, yeah. makes him more happy than potentially he's ever been. Uh, so congratulations to our old, old friend. Have you seen the top comment? No, what is it? <laughs> Just scroll. Let me see. What have we got here? I- I'm in good company. Oh, Cannot forget Federico Vatici's <laughs> Mac stories. By far the best coverage of all things iOS and software and productivity. And just below, Jason Snell. And Jason Snell. Yeah. Comes right in there. Yeah. But Jason P. Becker, fan of the show, friend of the show. Yeah, I never I never understood how comments on Reddit really work. I mean, I, th- I guess you can vote comments too, and comments have points. Um, it's quite difficult to understand. Apparently, Red King three one five in the chat room says that I'm mentioned in there somewhere, which is nice. Nice to know. Yeah. Uh, topic zero for today. I just wanted to touch on very quickly your output last week. Mm-hmm. Um, bravo! Thank first you. and foremost, uh, I, I'm actually not a hundred percent sure how you're still here. Uh, incredible amount so i want to ask you a couple of quick questions about the amount of articles that you wrote last week so how many articles did you have up on launch day 17 17 articles in one day how long are you be, how long had you been working on those 17 articles for um so the the, the main ios 8 article that i wrote about um how 
iOS 8 changes the way that I work on my iPhone and iPad. I started the, the research note in my, in my Evernote, um, I think the day after WWDC. And right. um, over, the, over June and July, I, I started um, assembling a lot of notes and you know screenshots and that kind of stuff. And I think in, la- in late August, um, after my, my summer vacation, I started writing the intro. And over the past, the past three weeks, I finished um, the article. Uh, it was ready, I think, a week before before launch day. So I spent the last week just reading and reading and fixing typos how and many, changing changing screenshots. How many words was just your iOS eight review piece? Do you know? Uh, I think it was over ten thousand. Right. Yeah, it was not really a uh, a comprehensive review um, because I, I didn't I didn't mention several of the new features. It, it was. Uh, m- Primarily focused on, uh, you know, working and trying to get work done. At least the the kind of work that I need to do on an iPhone and iPad. So big focus on extensions and uh, mail and you know keyboards, that kind of stuff. Oh, I like I like that you write those these pieces. I was I was talking to my girlfriend about it, about how you you write you don't write reviews because you you have the ability of being able to write things that other people simply cannot write which is the working on iOS thing. Yeah, I, see, Other people don't just know. don't do it as much as you do. I mean, with maybe the exception of like Fraser Spears, I, I don't know anybody that spends as much time on iOS and trying to actually do real work on iOS that, as you do. I mean, like Rene's iMore article was fantastic, right? But it yeah. was a review of the operating system, which is not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. That's what it was. That was what he set out to do. But your review is is your just how it changes the way that you work. And I don't think anybody else can credib- that I know can credibly talk about it in that way. Uh, yeah, I started... Uh, thank you, first, uh, first of all. Um, I started having these kind of thoughts last year um, with iOS 7. I didn't do... Uh, actually, with iOS 6. Um, um, I stopped doing the full review with iOS 5 um, because the, in terms of... Um, the Apple blogging scene, um, everybody's doing reviews. And so it's extremely difficult um, unless you have a big team and, you know, resources and you have access to photos, high-quality photos and videos. It's, it's extremely hard to, to, to be noticed if you only do an iOS 8 uh, or an iOS or OS 10 review. And I don't have the kind of resources or team to, to do that kind of stuff, you know. So uh, as... M- my website's name suggests uh, Max Stories. Um, I always prefer to do the kind of personal article, whether it's a, it's a ten thousand article or just a two paragraph link. Um, that that's just my opinion, and maybe the opinion of somebody else on my on my small Max Stories team. And people seem to like that, and people can relate, I think, to a personal story uh, rather than, uh, you know, I-, I could do a review. It just, I wouldn't be happy with it because it wouldn't be personal because there are features on iOS 8 that I don't like or that I don't use. So I don't want to be forced to write a section about those if I just don't use them. And I don't want to rehash uh, what Apple is writing in the documentation because that's useless. And so, yeah, thank you, Mike. I'm, I appreciate that that you that you like my approach. Um, other people seem to, to appreciate it too because... Uh, 
it was uh, the I think the biggest uh, iOS iOS eight quote unquote review iOS eight review that I that I've done so far in five years on Mac Stories, um, and I think because it had it had a story to tell, and I think that people can see uh, and people can appreciate a story. So I'm extremely thankful for everybody who who, re- who read the article. I'm seeing some people in the chat room, and I've I've had I had this problem as well. That Rene's review was break was kind of making the web browser a bit upset, and it reminds <laughs> like, me of when your editorial <laughs> yeah. review just flat yeah. out crashed. It I could not load and cannot load that review on Chrome and iOS. It crashes the browser. Yeah. See, in that case, um, the editorial review was uh, twenty five thousand words. Yeah, that was uh, a we, book. I mean, you made a book out of it after a little bit. of pushing. It became a book, but uh, we. 10,000 words more. So 35,000 is the word count of the book version. Um, yeah, it's also a problem if you don't paginate um, artic- articles that are too long. Uh, web browsers are going to crash, especially if you um, embed a lot of photos and videos in, in the, uh, alongside text. So that's a real problem. Um, I wanted Mike to also count uh, the, um, the words that I published on... Um, iOS 8 launch day, and I wanted to to use a script um, to do that to basically uh, grab the articles from uh, from my WordPress site. Of course, and you used the script. Of course, I, I just I just didn't didn't have the time, so I did an estimation based on um, uh, the markdown preview that I do before I publish, and I think the total amount of words was around thirty thousand for those seventeen articles. And uh, pretty happy about that. Well, that is incredible. Did, did you see the results from it? Like traffic-wise, was it? A good yeah, it's day been. It's um, yeah, because basically, not the day that iOS uh, came out, the day after, and there's a simple reason for that. Um, on on Wednesday, I didn't publish my iOS eight stuff until Apple launched the iOS 8, actually, until it was available. And I saw uh, many websites publish their reviews uh, during the afternoon, uh, my afternoon, because uh, I'm in Italy. Uh, I just didn't want to go ahead and publish my iOS 8 reviews um, without having the main iOS 8 article on the site. So I started my coverage at my local 7 p.m. So I had until my midnight to see the kind of traffic that I, that I was having uh, before the midnight reset for the analytics on the website. Um, so I just figured I could just, you know, post everything, uh, like a couple of articles each hour, and I did. And what happened is that people loved the idea of being able to read all this stuff while they were downloading and installing iOS 8, uh, but the result was that the biggest traffic was the day after because um, the majority of people started coming in after my midnight, uh, which would be, um, I guess, 6 p.m. for people in New York and uh, 3 p.m. for people in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the middle of the after- afternoon or evening. So people started reading Mac stories after my midnight. And so Thursday was the, bi- uh, the second biggest day for Mac stories ever. And and I didn't uh, I didn't reach my record for just uh, six thousand page views. Yeah, I just needed like enough half, half an hour more, and and I would have I would have had a new record, but still. 
If only 6,000 of you just refreshed yeah. once, that was all you needed. Just, uh, you know, maybe next year. Maybe Defin- next year. No, definitely next year. Yeah. You're this close this year, you'll, you'll do it next year. Yeah. Yeah, my girlfriend was really upset that, that, I, didn't, <laughs> that I didn't reach the record. She disappointed. Yeah, she was kind of hoping because she told me, don't try to, to, you know, don't be stuck on the idea that you need to, to have a record. Um, but then when she saw the numbers, she was like, no, we need to, you know, we need to beat the record. Oh. Yeah, but, you know, the 6,000 people that just didn't want to, to visit my website. It's fine. It's been an amazing day. I want to thank everybody for the feedback on Twitter, the emails. Um, seriously, thank you. It's it's a, such a privilege and and uh, for me to be able to to do this stuff for a living. And I appreciate uh, the fact that people tell me that the articles are useful because I, I, I that's what it really matters to me that the articles are useful. I want to be of some utility to people. So uh, thank you. So let's take a quick break, Federico, to talk about our first sponsor this week. That was, I think, just follow up and topic zero. I, I want to talk about the new iPhones again. Yes. Because I have something. I have, I have some things to say. <laughs> so let's take a moment to thank uh, our first sponsor for this week, and that is the great people over at lynda.com who are an easy and affordable way to help individuals and organizations learn. You can instantly stream thousands of courses created by experts on software, web development, graphic design, and oh, so much more. Linda makes sure that they work directly with the experts in the field. So this could be on specific fields like, say, photography or on software, say, Lightroom. They work with these people, companies directly to make sure that they're able to provide timely training. Often on the same day, new versions are released of a product or an item or as quick as they possibly can. So they're making sure that they're keeping you always up to speed. All of Linda's stuff is produced with fantastic quality. These videos are just, they're just great to look at, which is a really important thing for me. You know, it, it, I think that Linda get get it right, like the exchange, you know, you, you pay them for this great content. They produce this great content to you. And they make the content look good and sound good. And so you feel like you're just getting a great deal out of it all, you know, so you're paying for the access to professionals and these professionals are giving you their knowledge in a professional looking and sounding way. These aren't like, it's not like a guy in his bedroom, like me, uh, talking to you. It's it's the, these people who are in studios. They've got all this fantastic equipment around them. I I, th- I find it just a, a really refreshing way to get this sort of information. All of their courses are broken down into bite-sized pieces, so you're able to learn at your own pace. And you can also learn wherever you want, um, whenever you want, with their apps for iPhone, iPad, and Android. What I like to do when I'm watching courses on Linda, I watch the video on my iPad, and I kind of follow along with the actual project files or with the apps, like, say, Logic, on my Mac. Right, So I'm watching it on the iPad, and I'm, I'm going along on my Mac and sort of following what they're doing. So Because I, I, I learn very well like that, and that's what Linda enables me to do. They have great tools like playlists. You can create your own playlists, or maybe if you want to... Uh, they have great transcripts. So as the videos are going along, you can read what the people are saying, and they've got good like subtitles, that sort of stuff. So what this enables you to do, not only it enables you to follow things that's going along because you can read along, if that's the type of person you learn that way, that's great for you. But if you remember something, you're like, oh, what was it that they said about how to get the best exposure on my camera? You can type it in, you can go into the page, you can search it, find it, you can double click on it and watch 
that part of the video over again. Really, really cool. One low monthly price of $25 gets you unlimited access to over 100,000 video tutorials on a wide breadth of topics like uh, audio music production, including how to create songs and stuff on your computers, or maybe you want to create podcasts. They've got great tutorials for GarageBand and Logic Pro. Um, they have, as I mentioned, photography. They have great like Lightroom courses. They have great Photoshop courses, maybe just general design stuff. Or maybe you want to learn web design. Maybe you want to create a fantastic site like Federico. You want to learn to do some marketing to get your iOS reviews out to the world. They've got all these sorts of videos in there. You can learn so much stuff at lynda.com. The best way to find out if Lynda is for you is to go and try it out. And we've worked out a special deal with Lynda where you can go and get access to all of their courses for free for seven days. So go to lynda.com slash connected to sign up. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash connected. Thank you so much to Lynda for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Federico. Mike. I'd like to talk about uh, the iPhones a little bit. So my understanding is, I mean, we mentioned it here, uh, uh, sort of brushed across it a moment ago, but Apple sold a bunch of these things, right? Quite a few. What, yeah. how, many, how many was it again? 10 million? 10 million over the opening weekend. It's crazy. <sighs> yeah. Uh, last year uh, was 9 million uh, with the iPhone 5S, but um, China was a launch country. Uh, this time, no China, but one million more. What, is, is China launching at the same time that you guys are this week? Do you know? I think... Uh, can, can you let me confirm that in a, in a second, Mike? I will let you get back to me on that one. Uh, I'll circle back with, uh, with the numbers. So have you de- you've decided your phone, right? The one yes. that you're going to be buying? I, I did. I'm getting an um, I'm getting an iPhone six, sixty four gigs of storage, space gray. This Friday I made a reservation in Rome. I'm going in, um, and I'm getting my iPhone. Going in. I'm going uh, in. Yeah. Why did you change from the plus to the six? Uh, because I realized it's just too big. Um, by the way, China is not a launch country this week. Okay. Um, why do you think it's too big? You've not tried one out yet. Yeah, but I saw a lot of videos, a lot of photos, and I read a lot of reviews, and I don't think I need a phone that's uh, that big. And I think I'll be fine with the iPhone 6 uh, because I'm kind of in the middle of the, uh, you know, the, uh, the diverging opinions on the iPhone 6. Um, I like my iPhone 5S. I think that I will like uh, the bigger display and the slightly better battery life. I don't want a Galaxy Note, basically. Um, because I'm not going to... I mean, uh, at first I was kind of tempted by, you know, uh, I have big hands, so probably I, I could use my the iPhone 6 Plus with, you know, no pain. Um, I was tempted by the battery life. I want a, you know, a bigger screen means I have this new uh, awesome display by Apple that has better colors, better viewing angles. But then I realized that I don't really want a huge phone. And um, so I want to continue with the, with the smaller phone, phone available, with the iPhone 6 and with, the, my, with my iPad mini. Uh, and I think I'll be fine. Plus, I also want to save money, you know, where, uh, whenever I can. So 
Let me see if I can try and change your mind. No, you cannot because I cannot change my reservation. So, <laughs> well, let me tell you anyway. So, L- tell me. My my phone has arrived um, after a stressful period. It was meant to arrive on Friday on launch day. It didn't arrive until Monday. Uh, the courier company that Apple decided to use in my part of the UK is terrible. Um, they it was out for delivery for three days. Friday, Saturday, and then Monday arrived. What did you do? Did they just drive around with your with your iPhone? I think I was towards the end of the um, the like the run for the courier, <laughs> and a really long run. It seemed like it. Well, basically, <laughs> what my my sort of understanding was, they were only working up until a certain point every day, and the depot that they were leaving from was close to where mine needed to be delivered to. So it would more likely be at the end of the run. So they'd go out and do all the deliveries, and then deliver to the more local to the depot at the end. So basically, they were just getting to the end of the day, too many phones to deliver, and then the guy was going home. So. An interesting process. I, I, I do plan on sending some feedback to Apple about this, as there are much better. Um, there, there, there's a delivery company in the UK called DPD, and they equip all of their vans with GPS, mm-hmm. so you can track the van, and it gives you like a re- and I, it gives you like est- their, their estimated times are really good, but it's the idea that you can track it, so you can see where they are, so you don't have to like plan your entire day around this delivery like i had to have somebody at home all of those three days because they kept telling me it'd be delivered but it just never was and and i've had problems i've had notorious problems with this company and i don't understand why apple are using them it doesn't make sense to me that they hmm. they are really bad it's a company called uk mail they're just shocking so hey ho this is a little rant for you which Probably only I care about, but trust me, guys, I did care about it. So uh, I received a 6 Plus, a 64 gig Space Gray. Um, it was in my hands yesterday for the first time, um, and I have spent a full 24 hours with the device now. And I have um, I have some thoughts, Federico, that I'd like to share with you about my time with the device. Cool, and, yeah. And it's kind of like I was just taking some notes um about the things that I was encountering. So how did you take your notes? In Google Drive. In Google Drive. But it's hidden from you. Okay. So you can't spo- so you won't spoil yourself by reading them. Nice. Okay. It's big. It's mm-hmm. it is just big. It's flat out a large, huge phone. It's insane. Uh I forget how big it is. And then I pick it up and remember how big it is. But then sometimes <laughs> the interesting thing is whilst using it I then forget again. Because it has a, a way of, of of I don't know what it is, but like it's you pick it up when the screen's off, and it seems a lot bigger than when you turn the screen on. Hmm. I can't really explain much more what that means because I, I I don't fully understand this phenomenon yet. But when I pick it up and the screen's off, it feels a lot larger. And then when I turn it on and start using it, it doesn't feel as big anymore. And obviously, it's just a perception thing. Um. I do feel like I can use this device and I have been using this device. Like as the day went on today, I became more and more comfortable holding it um, and using it. Uh, I can use it in one hand relatively comfortably for most tasks. I definitely feel that most people would not be able to do this. Like I am probably in a minority of people that are able to, to hold it. I can hold this phone 
in one hand and still use my thumb to get to most points of the screen. I can cover, comfort, whilst comfortably gripping it, I can probably cover about 75 to 80% of the phone. That's because you're special. I have quite big hands. And and I think you have to make that decision. If you have big hands, you'll probably do fine. If you don't, you have to be happy with the fact that you'll have to use two hands for most of the most actions. You can choose if you feel it's the right device for you. And, and I have some other stuff that I want to talk about. Uh, I have a, a grippy case, and I think that is incredibly important. So I bought a case um, in advance on Amazon by a company called Spigen. It's uh, it's a clear case, but it's made of like a rubber, so it's got a nice grip to it. It's not crazy, but it's just enough that like if I have my hand out flat, I can have, you know, my phone at like a, I can like, you know, I can have it like facing up, right? I, I can't think of what the angle would be, but it doesn't slide out of my hand if I raise my hand up, basically, mm-hmm. you know, and I can hold it flat. And, and what it does, it enables me to not have to grip the phone too tightly. So I can kind of rest my fingers on the back put one of the corners just gently rested onto my palm and then I'm able to easily use the phone. I don't need to support the phone by the bottom, by the fact that I'm using a grippy case. And I think that's why Apple has silicone cases for these devices. Uh, I have a silicone case on order for one of the official Apple ones that will not be shipping until October for some reason. I ordered them. I ordered it at the same time that I ordered the phone, like the in the same order but the case won't come until October. And I went to the Apple store today, I'll tell you why in a moment, and I wanted to try and get one of the cases, but they only had black and I didn't I didn't want a black one, I've ordered a blue one. A blue case? A blue case, a bright blue what, case. What kind of, uh, what's the color of your iPhone? Uh, space gray. Huh. I like the bright colors. I also want yeah. to get the green case too. I think they look The cool. green case? Yeah, the lime green one, I like it. I this know. is one of your one this of your one of things. things. This is like one of my the things. stickers and yeah. yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I like it. I like the bright colors and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, So I feel self conscious using this phone in public. Why? In public. But hmm. the same level of self consciousness I had with the first iPhone, hmm. it stands out like the first iPhone did, and people spot it and they can be like, "That's the new one." Because I think people don't wouldn't necessarily recognize the six as much. You know, the six is Probably. bigger. It's definitely bigger, but it's not as noticeably bigger as this one is. So people could be like, oh, it's, when, it's, if they see a six, is that the new phone? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Is that a new one? This, you know this is the new one. There's no way it could not be the new one. So it people notice it, like, uh, or at least I feel that way. So th- did they ask you? Uh, people at work did. Mm. Um but yeah, when I was on the YouTube this morning, like I felt, I don't know, I felt a little bit self-conscious, but it's how I felt when when I had my first iPhone. It just so felt the, like people were looking at me. Even the people, the people of the tubes. The oh. people of the tubes, yes. They look at you. Okay. <laughs> so I mentioned I went to the Apple store today. Oh, but I expect that self-consciousness to pass, by the way. Yeah, it's like the first iPad. Yeah. Um, and, that'll pass in a few months. Yeah. Um. I bought Apple Care Plus for the first time. Oh, yeah, I got to do that. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like there is more of a risk of me dropping this phone. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to pay the £75 for the extra two years. And then I think it's like £50 excess for 
for repairs of any kind. Like that covers like water damage and just dropping it and smashing it. And you can buy that uh, within uh, 30 days, 60 days. There is a time period. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. It's on the website, but I think it's within 30 days. And... I was able to go in. You you can't buy it online if you don't buy it at point of purchase. So I bought my phone online and didn't add Apple Care Plus. Mm-hmm. So you either have to call or go into an Apple store, and they're like, take your serial number down, and uh, and like put it through. And now, so now it's it's just attached to my serial number. Uh, Red King three one five in the chat is saying it's sixty days. Um. Just as a quick aside, you know, you know, in the Apple stores, they have that like iPod touch payment system thing. Easy pay. Easy pay. Yeah. No, no, no. Not, is that what easy pay? Is that well, the one where you can scan it and just walk out the door? No. No. What's that called? Um, well, whatever, whatever. But the, the yeah, system, yeah, the system that the Apple store retail. The people, special iPod touch. That's a yeah. point of sale system. Yeah. Still running iOS 6. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> two, two, two software versions behind now. Uh, Federico, the screen is incredible. Like, mm. it's just, it's so bright. It's so crisp. It's fantastic to, to see. Like, there's, the, everything just looks brilliant on this device, except upscaled apps. Mm. <sighs> Tell me about those. Uh, how many? How many are you using? Practically all of the apps that I use oh, on yeah? a daily basis are upscaled. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a lot of apps at the moment that I use that are not. Um, so Overcast is optimized. Beats Music is optimized. Uh, Evernote is. Vespa, is Day One is, but that kind of kind of is about it so other apps that i use a lot chrome tweetbot one password slack um instagram you're using chrome still using, still chrome. using chrome um google maps isn't um hmm. omnifocus editorial yeah <laughs> the list goes on and on and it's i know people were getting upset at john gruber yesterday for complaining once you use a phone if you haven't you will want to complain too I, yeah I mean I, it's not <laughs> I know it sucks for developers and there's a yeah. bunch of reasons so like there's delayed app store processes at the moment um, obviously nobody knew what was happening I appreciate that it's really hard it doesn't detract from the fact though that a lot of the apps that I use on a daily basis look bad right now the keyboard looks comical Text is not good. Like I have the I have the lowest text size on Tweetbot, and it feels like I'm reading a billboard. Like it just yeah, apps they look like toy apps. It's basically like constantly using the uh, iPhone compatibility mode on the iPad. Yeah, because yeah. the keyboard is really big, really, and it just feels dumb and. There's so there's so much wasted potential. Even in the apps that are updated, people haven't had enough time to think about what they want to do. So there's just a lot of wasted potential at the moment. Well, not it's not wasted potential; it's untapped potential. 
Because mm. people haven't had the ability to think about what their applications can do to optimize for this screen, how they can show information differently or added information. But the the kind of the upside of it, I felt this earlier. I had the phone in my hand and I was walking. And it, it feels like a device with immense potential. Why? Because... The screen is so big, you can put a lot of stuff on it. And if people, if developers really embrace it and start to think about what they can do with the additional layout stuff, like the landscape stuff and things like that, or just in general, how to optimize better for this screen, even for the six, but definitely for the plus, I think that there's some real interesting things that could happen. And don't you think that was the case with the iPad before? Oh, for sure. Why is it different in this case? Because it's the iPhone? Yeah, um, hmm. because it's in my hand constantly. It's in my pocket all the time. It's, it, it, you know. But it depends, right? <laughs> depends on the pocket that you have. Yeah, it fits perfectly in my pockets. I mean, yes, I mean, of course. But I think that there's there's so much that can be done. Because so you think an the, iPad the, is an iPad, but your phone is your phone. And, and I think that the phone is, is a more important device to many people, including me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can see the point. So basically, you're saying that the bigger screen has more potential on the phone than the tablet because the, the phone is, your, everybody has a phone. Yeah. Whereas the tablet, some people have an iPad and some people don't. And also as well, like, I know it's not as pocketable, but it still is a portable device more so than the iPad mini. Uh, are you seeing? Uh, are you seeing the the new um, gate that there's this year oh, about the iPhone? Bend gate. Uh, oh. Bend gate. Yeah. yeah. So people are bending their phones. Yeah, by, I uh, don't really I think, know. I guess by sitting on a phone. Who sits yeah. on a phone? I mean, it, <laughs> just I don't know. In my opinion, if that's happening because people put it in their back pocket, then they don't deserve to have their phones. Well, like, keeps the phone in his back pocket. I Come don't on. know. Or keep it in your back pocket, but don't sit on it. <laughs> why would you sit on it? No matter how I, big I, it is, why would you do that? Every year there's a new iPhone and it feels to me that, that I'm becoming more detached with reality and the, the stuff that people do to break their phones. I know. Uh, I don't like, know uh, why. There was the year that people were holding their phones with like weird combos with their hands and fingers and there was the antenna gate. And then there was, um, what was that? Um, uh, the, with the iPhone 5, uh, there was uh, the scratching right on the back and there were like yeah. people using their keys on the back who does that with the keys on the phone um last year um what was that last year um oh touch id touch id so everybody was basically having problems with their fingers and everybody had moisture on the on their fingers or just seven was, fingers and the potential yeah, ability just, to use a seven uh, so, finger to unlock the phone yeah so you people say oh you could have a re- you could replicate my finger using this material and then you could steal my phone and then unlock yeah you know people are just crazy they they find all sorts of things too so this year uh, people are sitting on 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 the iPhone I've, so weird. Uh, there's a video uh, going out in America. I'm sure you can find the link. Um, there's a video of a guy uh, who says that the iPhone 6 Plus can be banned. <laughs> sure enough, if, if you watch the video, there's a guy applying pressure <laughs> by banning a phone. Uh, so I, if you want, and if the people in the chat room want, I can find my an old console in my house and I can try to ban it and I can try to prove that if you ban something, it's going to you know, banned. And also, people that do these things 
spend they have their funds. Uh, lots they, of money, I assume. They have no right to own this device. There yeah. are people... I went to the Apple store today. There are people that have clearly still been queuing there for hours. If you, all you want to do is... I mean, uh, okay, great. Give me any piece of technology and I'll find a way to destroy it. Yeah. Like... I, I can do that. I, I have the ability. I, I, have a, I have a very particular set of skills. I can destroy any piece of technology. I could, I could cook pasta with my new iPhone 6 Plus. Exactly. I mean, if you boil your phone, it will yeah. not work anymore. <laughs> will it boil? We should have, we should have a serious... I, I really... Uh, it was fun to watch everybody independently come up with the will it bend joke today. <laughs> yeah. Um, so coming back anyway. to this... The new keyboard buttons are really cool. Uh, feels like something you'd love. And I know, I know that the 6 has some of them. So that's that's great. This, there is one glaring omission. So you have, on, on the, the, the 6 Plus, you have cursor placement. Right? So you can move the cursor backwards and forwards. You can cut, copy, and paste. You cannot select. Yeah. So... To select text, you still have to tap it and highlight it anyway. So then the cut, co- co- copy, and paste buttons appear. You should be able to select text in some way, even if it's just holding the shift key and moving the cursor buttons back and forth. But what happens if you select and then hit the uh, the arrow keys? Uh, fi- I'll find out for you. Thank you. So let me go into a text message. Yeah, and so you want me to. No, t- go to go to a note, not to a text message. You cannot select uh, text in that way. Okay, so and in the notes app. Yeah, just type something and try to select a word, and then use the arrow keys. I'm I'm curious. I, I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm writing hello. So you want me to select it by double tapping it? Yeah. If you just press the arrow to... keys, it just undoes, what happens? It undoes the selection. No, seriously? Yeah. Oh, that's so it just moves the cursor to the start or end of the word. That's dumb. Okay. Because in my opinion, it should be like you hold the shift button and move the cursor keys and it should select. Yeah. But it doesn't yeah. do that. Hmm. Uh, that's probably going to be an iPad feature. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like that that is an easy fix uh, and they should have had it. It should, it should go in, in my opinion. But they are really cool though. The buttons are really cool to have. I like that they're there. That's um, a private API, and uh, you know the, another example of the kind of stuff that third-party developers cannot do. Mm-hmm. Um, Apple has a has a cut button, I think, and a paste icon. Cut, copy, uh, and paste. Yep. Cut, copy, and paste, and the paste is a is a glue bottle. Yep. It's yeah. But it's terrible. Uh, it's there's, a, there's also a bold button. Yeah, fantastic metaphor. I, I was uh, I was um, tweeting the other day with um, my friend Zach. Sitching on Twitter, and, uh, and I told him that the um, the bold icon on the keyboard is the is because the the landscape keyboard on the iPhone six plus is the business keyboard, and the regular keyboard is the party one. So the iPhone six plus has a party mode in portrait and business in landscape. I like that because that's why that's when you want to do all the fancy formatting when you do your serious emails and spreadsheets. You want to make things bold. I don't know why they chose bold. That's probably because Tim Cook likes to make things bold. I don't know. I I, I honestly don't know. It's a, it's a, the business keyboard. I told you. So here's a really weird thing that I've just noticed, right? So if you type a word and it's incorrect, right? It's like a it's trying to correct it. Like the the 
the OS realizes that the word is not correct, so it selects it for you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean, right? Yeah. You can then, at that point, when it's selected like that, you can bold and unbold the text. But when it is selected like that, you can't cut it. What? Exactly. <laughs> Seriously. So it, it, there's, it hasn't been, it, there just hasn't been enough thinking through of it. There must be a bug. I mean, there, it'll be there are some bugs with with yeah. the way that that works, and and I think it, it needs people to use it like this to, to realize it. Yeah, there was the the review on the Verge um, that basically called all the new software features of the of the iPhone six plus glitchy, and um, it, it was strange because the the overall review was positive, and they they actually praised iOS eight for the, all the new features. It's just they said. The six plus features were glitchy. I think uh, all of the new iOS eight features are glitchy. Yeah, it's it's a you know it's glitchy, but not as bad as last year. But weird things happen. So like every time I yeah. pull down notification center, everything just moves slightly, which is weird, right? All of the widgets they just move a little bit. Oh yeah, like, that's uh, have you tried? Have you tried to disable? <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Um, it's like the wiggling. <laughs> Just like that. Ah, oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> have you tried to disable the the weather widget in the today view? <laughs> no. Because basically, if you disable that in the privacy settings on on your iPhone, um, otherwise, every time you open a notification center, um, I think the widget is gonna geolocate you. You know, so I disabled the widget because I don't really need it anyway. See, that's one of my my things with with weather apps. Why would I need a widget to to know what the weather is like if I can just open my window and look at the weather? I I never really got the reason why people want the, like the current weather conditions. Can you just look at the sky? What's your email address? What's my email address? Yeah, uh, it's Vitici at Macsoris. Great, because you'll get a lot of complaints. You're going to find out a lot, buddy. About please send me an email, okay? Because <laughs> I mean, weather apps are, are a particular thing. No, no, I totally get the forecast, right? And I can understand why you would want to look for the current conditions in another location. I totally get it. I do have a widget for a forecast in my today. It's just the current conditions for your current location. Why would you want to need that information if you can just look at the sky or you know feel if it's hot or cold I, I don't know i'm gonna get a lot of email and hate i i know that um you know the nice thing is that people uh people are always kind to me and i appreciate that um except so when you except when you say that the weather apps are dumb no no i, I actually <laughs> i'm encouraging them to go out and enjoy life and look at the sky uh -huh. see i have i i i'm not making fun of them i'm sending a positive message the uh the sleep button <laughs> the sleep button the sleep wake button. Is that what it's called? What is that button called? Sleep sleep slash wake. Okay. It's taken some getting used to. Oh yeah, because it's on the side. Yeah. When I was in the Apple store today, the Apple store guy had my phone and like he needed it because he needed to take the serial number down and the screen locked and he was trying to touch the top. He's like, oh, I just can't get used to it. I'm like, neither can I, buddy. We're in this together. <laughs> Speaker is super loud. It's Yeah, really tell me about that because that loud. was one of my questions. Yeah, it's loud. It, it sounds fine, but it's loud. It's a lot louder. Like, is it Skrillex loud or is it I can listen to podcasts loud? It's I can listen to podcasts loud. Okay. I can listen to Skrillex too, but not not at that level. Mm -hmm. Probably Skrillex is going to bend your phone. Most likely. <laughs> Here's the big one, Federico. 
battery life. Okay. So you will know that one of the main reasons I got this phone was for the battery life. That was one of the, I said, I said it before the event. Uh, if Apple gives me a phone that has increased battery life, I will buy it because that's what I want the most out of my phone. So typically on a daily basis, and I checked this yesterday because I wanted to kind of take a mental note. Um, I leave the house between half past seven and 8 a.m. Uh, my commute is about an hour and a bit. Uh, that's when I'm using my phone quite intensely, checking emails, tweets, listening to podcasts, all basically at the same time. Um, replying to text messages, replying to messages in Slack, stuff like that. By about 10 a.m., so I'm at work at nine and I'm you know, doing whatever for an hour, my phone typically would be around 60%, I reckon. So this is before the iPhone 6? This is with my 5S. Okay. 60% already? About mid 60%, morning. yeah. Okay. Well, not even mid-morning. Like it's not morning, even mid-morning. You know, it's morning. Oh, no, that's, that's mid-morning. That is mid-morning. You actually gave the complete accurate description of mid-morning. Okay. When I got to work this morning, so we could be looking at 70% usually, uh, it was down to 90%. Wow. So same tasks as usual. Same, same tasks. Wow. 90 I would typically charge my phone about twice before getting home. Um, that may be like not necessarily four recharges. Let's say it went through one full recharge a day. My phone lasted today until 7 p.m. It's 12 hours. Crazy. Now, I wouldn't get until 12 p.m. at daytime before needing to charge my phone. And this is on 4G. 4G, I used my phone as intently as usual, and I thought I would check it. A seven hours and 50 minutes of usage. Mike, I'm, I'm so, so sorry, and I apologize already for bringing this up. Is this a fresh install of iOS? I'm going to take a quick break. <laughs> so I want, I want to talk about that. So this episode today is also brought to you by our friends at Harry's. Harry's was founded because shaving can be expensive and frustrating. The process of shaving your face can be annoying, irritating, and sometimes painful. And the process of buying shaving products can actually be even more so. Harry's was formed because of this. One of their founders, Andy, was fed up with the poor experience of purchasing products, being made to feel like a criminal in the store by having them have to unlock the blades from the cabinets, having to beg the staff in the stores to do so for him, and then having to refill the blades at an overinflated cost whilst still being unsatisfied with the end result. Well, this is why Harry's was created. Harry's creates products with a super cool brand and design that actually speaks to you, its customers. And they do that with a simplified ordering process, snazzy website, and beautiful products. Now, Harry's were lovely enough to send me some stuff to try out for myself. Now, the box. So I got one of the kits. Um, so that the sort of the Harry's kind of starter kit. Um, the box is just beautiful. The packaging is so thoroughly thought out. So when you're opening it up, it's a really nice experience. It feels very premium, and and I really enjoy that. You know, that sort of first opening experience, and Apple kind of really pioneered this that opening experience is important it's one of your first interactions with the brand especially when you're buying things off online if they come to you you don't really know what they're going to be like you open them up it looks fantastic and this design extends to the products themselves 
So what the set that I have is one of the Winston sets, which features a razor with a handle that's made from aluminium. It's really light, it's easy to use, it feels great, it has a good solid feel in the hand. It's a nice classic look to it, um, and I found it fantastic to use. This starter set is an amazing deal. For $15, you get a razor, foaming shave gel, and three razor blades, plus free shipping. The blades are really smooth, and they're really fairly priced. They're about half the price of big brands, and they ship for free to your doorstep. Harry's actually bought the factory in Germany that creates these blades. They're that well-made that they had to make sure they would always have them. Now, personally, I keep a beard, but so I don't shave every day, but I do like to stay looking my best, and this does mean, a couple of times a week, needing to neaten things up a bit, and Harry's is my choice to do that, you know, so I like to, to neaten up the edges and take care of my neck and stuff like that. Federico, I'm sure you understand these things. You're a man like me. Mm-hmm. Harry's make products that I'm happy to put on my face and use on my face. And that's kind of quite an important thing, you know? That, that is a blade. I am happy to put their blade on my face. It's my choice, right? Harry's is the product that I choose. Harry's have launched two new products for their range, a foaming shave gel and an aftershave moisturizer. So these, these are brand new products for Harry's. Their shaving gel is really cool. It feels super smooth to use and it smells fantastic. Um, I love that it's it's a gel, right? You put the gel on your hands, you rub your hands together, and it lathers up into this foam. I just like that. It feels like some sort of weird science. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> it smells really great. It's made of a combination of licorice root extract, cucumber, and aloe vera, which is super fancy, and it makes my skin smell fantastic. And their aftershave moisturizer is made of the same natural ingredients. It feels great on my skin. It doesn't leave me with an oily feeling like I've had with other products. Um, and even more important to me, this is something that my girlfriend agrees that I should be using to keep my skin looking and smelling good after <laughs> I shave. So you may not think that moisturizer is important, but trust me, it is, and Harry's is top-notch. All of this is fantastic, and you should try it out. You can experience a clean, close, and comfortable shave of Harry's. At the moment, Harry's is only available in the US, and I have a great deal for those of you that are in the United States of America. Go to harrys.com, and you'll get $5 off if you type in the coupon code CONNECTED, with your first purchase. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com and enter coupon code CONNECTED at checkout for $5 off and to start shaving better today. Thank you so much to Harry's for the support of this show and Relay FM. So you asked me a question and I planned to do do it this way because I wanted to drop the bombshell on you, Federico. Okay, do you want to keep it for last? I don't know. No, no, that was the end of my kind of hardware. Okay. Point. Do you have any questions about the hardware specifically right now? Yeah, actually, okay. I do. Um, first, uh, is the camera um, annoying uh, because it you know it sticks out from the body of the device? So I have a case on my phone, so it's not a problem. Oh, right. So right. second question, because you have a case, um, can you feel with the case um, the curved edges of the display? Yes. Hmm. Uh, the case. I think that better cases could do it better. I mean, I can kind of feel it. I can't feel it as much, but I do definitely feel it. So, can you tell me in in in, in which direction they're they're curved? Because I, I'm I, I'm not understanding how this yeah, works. Yeah, it's difficult to explain. So okay. On episode one of Upgrade, which is our new show with, with Jason Snell, I asked him this question because I'd heard that they were curved and, and I didn't understand it and he can, and he tried to explain it and we clarified it on this week's episode. 
basically, the the okay, the glass isn't curved in so much that the screen is curved. The screen is flat, right? Okay. But where the glass meets the edges of the phone, yes. Right? So if you imagine yes. where the glass meets the metal, mm-hmm. that is curved. That is softened. The edge is soft. So you no longer there's no longer a chamfer. There's no sharp edges. The the edges of the phone are curved like the original iPhone was curved, right? So imagine not being able to feel where the glass and uh-huh. the yeah. aluminium meet. Yeah. So the okay. edges of the glass where it touches the phone is curved in. So it's like, imagine it was just sanded. Like if it was wood, you would sand the wood, right? To make the wood feel smooth. So you can't feel any corners. It's just like that. This is the sexiest description of a chamfer edge you ever gave is, to me. This isn't a chamfer, buddy. This is something brand new. Yeah. No more chamfers. Sounds amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, it, that, but that does feel good. Um, and, and you still do kind of feel it with a case, but obviously not as well as if you don't have a case on. So I've just taken the case off and you can definitely fit it a lot better. Cool. But I wouldn't use this phone without some sort of case on it. Okay. So I have one last hardware question. Then uh-huh. you can drop your bombshell. Um, how's the selfie camera? I don't know. Why? Don't I, you take I selfies? I have tried it. Let me take a selfie right now. Okay. Send it to me, please. Okay, I've sent I've taken a picture of myself. So l- l- let me judge. <laughs> and you can you can judge for yourself just how good this camera is. I think it looks pretty good actually. And I must say Federico, I look I look very handsome uh in this picture. So you, <laughs> you must say, you must say. One thing that I have noticed is like the focus, you know, got these like focus pixels. Yeah. The phone yeah. focuses incredibly fast. Like it's focusing oh. before I had the ability to attempt to focus it. You do look good, Mike. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, it's uh oh man, this is the FaceTime camera? Yeah. Nice. Looks good, right? Yeah. Nice. So where Okay, so listeners please, uh, of the prompt okay. are, f- are familiar with something a hashtag called Clean Mike. And Maybe for the last year of my life, people have been telling me to restore my phone. Um, I didn't feel like I should have to do it. I felt like Apple should create the devices and the software that they purport to create and that you can just take your iCloud backup from phone to phone to phone. People are literally tweeting clean mic at me right now. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> the, the Carl's the Grey just tweeted at me. Uh so I have not wanted to do this. I have wanted to keep my backup running, keep my text messages, just keep my phone the way it was, all my settings the way that they are, all my email accounts, all my apps in the place that I wanted them, just to continue rolling that history through of my device. But then I was faced with the conundrum of... <laughs> this is an epic story, Mike. <laughs> I cannot wait for the end. Go on, please. Sorry. Sorry I, to interrupt. Battery life is so important to me and so many people tell me you have to restore your device because you won't get the best battery life possible unless you restore your device. You must do it. So I did it. No, no way. This, really? This phone I have not installed from any backup. Oh, you start from scratch. Start from scratch. Finally. You did it. No oh. backup will be put on this phone at any point. Oh, man. Finally. The uh, the 6 Plus is... 
my brand new device. And it, it basically is a few different things. This felt like the right time. This is a, it feels enough like a different device. Um, it's like, you know, I if I was to buy an iPad, I wouldn't try and install an iPhone back up to my iPad. And so there feels like it's a cut off in such a way that I feel like I can do it. Um, I want to rethink a little about how I use my phone. Uh, and this feels like the new form factor for me. Like, for example, doing more reading, like I'm getting back into RSS after like a not using RSS for like six months. So I want to get back into thinking about that a little bit more. Um, And honestly, Federico, if I can get analog for a moment, I'm kind of fed up of people telling me what I need to do all the time. Like, you Mm. have to restore it. You have to restore it. It was... Uh, Yeah, they're just joking. uh, Not always. I can... There were lots of jokes. People would joke and, and I was fine with that. But there were people who were like, you what you know, like you have you need to do this. No, you don't like understand. People you're, trying to teach you? Yeah, like your phone is clearly corrupt in some way. You must do it. And it, it was like I understand what you're saying and I agree with you. But it was the it's the principle of it that made me not want to do it. But however, oh. one of the most important things for me the more I was thinking about this is I don't have another option. If, yeah. if battery life is the important thing for me, I have to give this phone the best chance possible because a Mophie case is not possible on the 6 or 6 Plus. The phone would be insane in size. Like the Mophie cases, they double the thickness of the phone and they add space on the top and bottom. On the 6 and the 6 Plus, I can't do that. So I felt like I had to give this one the best chance possible. I backed up my important messages using an app called iExplorer. Nice choice, but I would have recommended Discade. But anyway, nice choice. I just Googled this one worked for me and it had a nice UI and and I kind of went with it. it So you you had to use an app on your Mac? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I wanted to get... I was able to back up like the multiple gigabytes of messages between me and my girlfriend. They're kind of the ones I really care about. Uh setting up a phone from scratch is a pain in the ass like there's no other way to describe it <laughs> you have to download everything again uh, you have to kind of like, and, and there is an element of like adding things as I need them which is quite nice because I have been feeling like there's too many apps on my phone but I feel like I can't delete any of them yeah exactly you know so this is at least letting me think about doing that but just doing things like getting your settings right takes forever like getting the notification sounds to be the way that I want, yeah. um, setting up my six email accounts that I... See, I, I have a strategy because I do this every year, possibly two times a year because, you know, when uh, uh, for the first beta and for the first uh, GM. Um, what I try to... Because I have your same problem, right? Because I, I end up with all these apps and all these settings and I think, oh man, this is going to be such a problem because I cannot uninstall any of these. So what I try to keep in mind is that nobody's going to die if I don't install a specific app. So I feel better um, just swiping my device because I know that you know the world is not going to end. I can download my apps. Uh, this seems like a silly tip, but actually it works. Um, just keep in mind that it's going to be fine. It's just apps. You're going to have the apps back. So every time I start fresh, um, it's annoying. It's tedious. Um, 
It's easier uh, because many of the apps that I use are like Dropbox and Evernote, so they just sync. Um, now it's yeah, even so that's easier. Part of the problem, though, right? So that's a good thing. Most of the data that I've had has, has synced over. I have lost some things, but I knew I was going to lose them. So, like my, you know, that app that I like, Bird Brain. Oh yeah, you're so gonna lose the data. I've lost yeah. the I've lost the data from that app now. Um, but you know, I knew I knew that there was some stuff that I was gonna lose, and I kind of just just faced it. But I had to download all of my Evernote notes. I had to download all of my music in Pete's. I had to download all of my podcasts, like multiple gigabytes of data. I don't have the fastest internet connection in the world. It takes days to Mike, get. If, if that you stuff. only ask me, if you only ask me about Birdbrain and all those other apps, I I had just the teacher tip for you. What is it? Uh, the app that I told you, uh, Discade, it lets you backup um, individual apps as IPA files, which are, you know, the file format that apps use in iTunes, um, only these files, they contain the an app's documents and libraries. So you can just, you know, uh, generate these files, save them on your Mac. And for instance, for apps like BirdBrain, they, they store documents locally. They don't have a cloud uh, backup feature. Uh, when you're done, you just drag and drop this file from your Mac um, to your phone using Discade, not even iTunes, just Discade, and you have the app back with all your data. Awesome. iExplorer does do this, so I'll just do that. Oh, yeah. Uh, they have the same feature? I think so, yeah. yeah. Like, they They're said it. very similar apps. So just... I'll, I'll double-check it. Otherwise, what's that other app, Discade? Oh, I think actually it changed the name last week, so it's no longer Discade. I think it's... Um, Mike, it's a quite funny name. It's iMazing. Oh. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. It's amazing, but it, it works really well. Okay, it's a, I mean, amazing. That name is kind of unforgivable. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Okay, I'll take a look at. I'll take a look at that. That's a really. Good, that's a really good. I didn't think to do that. I I saw it when I was doing the settings, and I was like, Yeah, I don't think I'll need that for anything. But you're right. I that is a that's a good idea. Yeah, these apps look very similar. All right, I'll take yeah. a look at that. That's a good idea. Um, I'll I'll kind of see what I'm missing and what I'm not. <laughs> you're looking you're looking in the chat room. There are people mixing your name with uh, amazing. <laughs> amazing, yeah. Okay, guys, we get it. Uh, where was I? Uh, you were talking about uh, these apps. That, yeah, that. I mean, so it's good to have all that stuff, but it just takes forever to get to get. You know, to download all your beats music again and things like that, you know? Oh, and Federico. Mm -hmm. Arranging home screens. Oh, yeah, that's... I know. It's I an know. added nightmare now. You're going to... You've not you've not come across this nightmare yet, buddy, and you, you will have seen people complain about it. The way that the phones work now, and the, the, the reachability that you have... Yeah changes the way that your home screen needs to be designed. So I used to put like my most one of my some of my most used apps on the top rows, but that doesn't make sense anymore. So messages, probably my most used app, maybe other than Tweetbot, but I don't I've never put messages in the dock. It was always top left because that was where I came up on the original iPhone and I was just so used to it. It's now in the bottom left, but 
not on mm-hmm. the dock because yeah. top left is one of the hardest places for me to reach because <laughs> I use yeah. my phone my right hand. Yeah. But now I put so I put the phone icon on the top right because I like to have the phone there, but I don't use it that much. So I put it in, uh, sorry, top left because that's like the most misused place. But now I'll keep opening the phone app instead of the messages app because it's like seven years of muscle memory. I want to send a text message top left. But so I'm, I'm, my f- home screen feels like it has no order to it. Yeah. Because I and don't, so- I don't know where anything is. So you still have to rearrange everything. I've put it in what I think is a logical order, mm-hmm. but it's not an order that I'm used to. So I don't know if it's the order that I'll stick with. And also, arranging icons on iOS That's n- needs worst. to change. There yeah. is no reason that I shouldn't be able to just put them anywhere. I mean, if 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 Dante were to write the Divine Comedy these days. I'm pretty sure they're arranging icons on the iOS home screen would be a near circle of hell. I agree. <laughs> it's, 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 I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me why they have to snap to that grid and they have to fill top left along. I should be able to have just the bottom row if I want. It doesn't make sense to me why they... they, they I think that this is the time they should have made the change, but they haven't done that. Hey ho. That's kind of it for me, I think, Federico. For my hmm. experience of my six plus, I'm sure I will have more experiences. Um, um, yeah. There was something I wanted to kind of add about reviews of this device. Okay. So basically all of the reviews that came out in embargo time were from people that I respect, in, you know, including my new co-host Jason Snell. Uh, people that you read and trust people that I read and trust, exactly <laughs> uh, and on the whole, people were quite uh, are quite down, especially John Gruber about this device there, there is a lot of negativity about this device I think the problem that I've found is because then I read a review like our friend Gabe Weatherhead's review at Mac Drifter about the 6 Plus and there's some positivity in there where all of the embargoed reviews were quite negative about the device, as in, you know, it's a great phone, it's a good phone, but nowhere would I use it. This is ridiculous. Why would you want to use it? Uh, Neil Patel's review was actually pretty good. Um, and I think that it shows what I'm trying to get at, which I haven't even nearly tried to explain yet. I think that many of the embargoed reviews are by people that would never have chosen this device. So they had a bias. Their bias was, this is not the device for me, so this is a bad device, which is not the wrong... It's not That's not wrong. I mean, that's the way that you judge these things. But my, basically, I feel that the people that had... That a lot of the reviews that came out, they would never have rated this device well. So it maybe tarnished the view of a lot of people into thinking, well, they think this phone is bad, it must be bad. But I think the people that then want to use the device would have wanted the device like myself will review it a lot higher because they can see more potential in it and its use and how it would fit them. Does that? Am I making sense? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So yeah, I read a couple of reviews. Um, I have a few in Instapaper. Um, it seems to me that the problem is that most of the tech press was so 
in love with the idea that the iPhone needs to be a one-headed device. And now that Apple sent them this new device, they they didn't like it, but they had to, you know, to still write a review. Uh, because if anyone is a follows, uh, you know, what Apple uh, tends to say, it's the the Apple press. Now, I'm not I'm not saying that these people are dumb. Uh, it's just that because uh, we, and I'm throwing myself into this group, uh, we follow Apple's marketing and, you know, communications on a daily basis, uh, we tend to unconsciously um, believe that um, many of the things that we read are absolute truth. Uh, you know, it's they're just true. They're just like facts. And so maybe it's difficult for for us to, to change our minds. That, does that make sense? Yeah, you you have it ingrained in you. Yeah. To think of think or feel a certain way. Apple should have sent review units to, to Samsung blogs. Probably See what not, happened. Probably not a bad idea, actually. <laughs> uh you know, I so I just think that there is there is a an ingrained bias which means that, you know, a bunch of people never would have would, would have been able to rate it well, you know. That's just a feeling that I have because some of the reviews that I'm seeing post-launch, Dave, like Gabe Weatherheads, which was a great review, I enjoyed it a lot, and it made me feel a lot better about the device that was arriving on my doorstep that day because I was starting to feel like, you know, have I made the wrong decision here? But a lot of the things that he was saying that he liked about it and even concerns that he had matched mine, and overall, you know, he seemed relatively positive about the device. And that's, I mean, and I, I feel... Very, I've, I know I've made the right choice for me. I know this is the right choice for me. I'm, I'm very confident in, in that feeling. Um, but I still, I still have two weeks to return it. But I, I don't see that happening. I've, I feel like this is, this is the phone that I want. I've used a six. A coworker has a six, and it's, it's very, very nice. And I can see why most people would go for it. But for me, I think I'm, I'm a six plus person. Cool. So do you have any, any tips for me um, when it comes to, uh, because it's the first time that I did um, an online reservation. I've um, never done it before. So I, w- I was told that I should try to go in a bit earlier um, because there's going to be, if there still is a line, so I have an appointment at 12 p.m. Um, so if there still is a line, uh, because uh, in Rome, uh, Friday, uh, there's um, the, the launch sale uh, kicks off at, 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if after four hours there's still going to be a line, which I tend to believe, um, some people told me that there's going to be a separate line for the yeah, there's always separate lines for the reservations. So should I just go there and say, hey, um, uh, should I just like print my email or something? Definitely print it because <laughs> why not? Uh, yeah, you, you can never be too. Or I should have it on my iPad, maybe. Take your iPad in, yeah. and you know have it printed. But Show I, them a workflow. Know, I, I I do think um, you want to get there early, at least an hour early. I think because there will be mm. a line, there'll be a big line. Yeah, I went to the Apple Store in Regent Street today, which is one of the busiest Apple stores in the world, uh, and there were two huge lines. One was for reservations, and one was for people trying their luck to buy a new phone. So you will face lines, especially on okay. launch day, especially in a world city like Rome. Well, I have nothing to do on that day, so. Well, I'm sure you'll be up at 6 a.m. really excited about your phone. I go to sleep at 6 a.m., Mike. You know... I, <laughs> I'm not up at 6 a.m. You you won't sleep. I really do think that you would have liked the Plus. 
I do. I, I've been I've been thinking about you, you know, even more than I usually do. You've been thinking about me uh-huh. think. all the time, and and I I as for as much as you use the mini, I think you would really like the plus. But but if you yeah, still yeah, want to continue know, using your mini, then you should get the six. In another in another universe, uh, what could have what could have happened? There's another version of me using a six plus. Do you yeah. want to talk about iOS eight still today? I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Because this is a big episode, Stephen's going to yeah. be so mad. Um, yeah. I've actually we're gonna we're gonna hold the Apple Watch pricing stuff for another time. I think. Um, so <laughs> I mean, I, we have a, we have until next year, so I think we're fine. Yeah, uh, I want to. I wanted to ask you because obviously, obviously, even even in your with all of your fantastic connections and wisdom and 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 such, you didn't have every iOS eight beta. Of course. So, has there been anything that's caught your eye since um, since launch data now that you wanted to to point out about like any cool iOS eight apps or stuff like that or widgets extensions that kind of thing? Yeah, um, I'm surprised by the new um, pcalc. You know the um, power user calculator app for iOS. Yeah. Um, because I never. I never um, picture myself as a, the kind of person who, I mean, like Dr. Drang, right? I don't use a professional calculator because I don't have to to calculate if a bridge is going to fall off or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, what's nice is that um, there are two features. There's a, a widget uh, that basically gives you a mini calculator in Notification Center, uh, which I'm using all the time when I go uh, shopping to just, you know... Um, count my euros and speaking of which the second feature is that you can customize the layout of your calculator and um, you can basically um, tap and hold uh, in the app um, and you can just delete and replace buttons with your own features with your own commands and and like variables and stuff and so i made my my pcalc to show um, a euro to USD and a USD to euro uh, conversion buttons, and they just calculate the exchange rate of euros and dollars for me. Uh, so that was a nice surprise. Um, I'm looking forward to an update to the Sunrise Calendar app, which is going to add um, a notification center widget for the calendar, uh, which I'm which I want to play with because um, what's nice about Sunrise is that they show you icons for your events. So if you have something like meeting uh, or like phone call in your event, you're going to get a nice phone icon. If you have Skype, you're going to get the Skype logo. So it really helps me in quickly, you know, finding events on my calendar. And another surprise was this bundle um, by this company called um, Avanio. Uh, Avanio Labs, uh, they make three apps, uh, Pace Plus, Agenda Plus, and Forecast Plus. And I bought these apps as, um, as a bundle on the, on the new iOS 8 App Store. And I'm using Pace Plus all the time. Uh, it's basically this super simple widget uh, that lets you perform actions um, on anything you copy. Uh, and and it's not as geeky as something like Drafts or Launcher Pro. Basically, you copy text, you get buttons to message the text or search for that text in Safari. You copy a link, um, you can open the link in Safari or just like send it to Instapaper. And that's super simple and super nice. Um, other big 
app updates that I didn't have access to. Um, you know, there was a the, the food tra- tracking app that I use, uh, LifeSum, um, was actually updated to have HealthKit integration on iOS 8. Then Apple had an issue with the with the Health app on you know on launch day. Uh, they had to pull all the apps that had uh, health integration, and now LifeSum uh, added um, a new widget. A notification center that lets you see uh, at a glance uh, all the calories that you that you have eaten on a on the current day, and like there's also a it's organizing breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, and exercise. So you know uh, that's a nice way to quickly see how much pizza I can still eat on today. Um, Do we know anything about the what's happening with healthcare? Like yeah, it's coming back at the end of the month. End of the month. Yeah, I think so. Um, the big app that I didn't have a beta and that I really, really like is Pinterest um, because they have um, a new um, share extension that lets you pin anything from Safari to your Pinterest account. You can, And this was a demo at WWDC. You can just hit a Pinterest icon in Safari. You can pick images, videos. You can uh, switch to a specific board and you can save anything there. And that's really, really nice. Um I don't have many new apps on my on my iPhone and iPad because I'm basically what I'm seeing is that either big companies shipped iOS updates on time and and some of those I had access to, others I didn't, but I'm not interested into. Um, other developers uh, were ready and I had betas and others, uh, other indie developers, uh, so smaller companies, they're still working on their I just said update, so I still have to wait. I don't have mm, basically all I have right now is keyboards and widgets, and um, uh, my prediction that um, there's it's gonna be a problem to choose um, with all these widgets is coming true because I'm you know I need to cut down on this list because it's useless. I need to scroll uh, my today view, and that's really not the point. Um, I'm looking forward to um, Twitter updates, uh, either. Uh, Tweetbot and Twitterific and the Twitter app. Uh, because I, I don't think, um, I only think uh, the Twitter app added um, interactive notifications, but that's really it. They don't have like, uh, you know, uh, their own custom share sheet because, uh, because of course, Apple has a Twitter share sheet uh, already and it'd be strange to have another one. Uh, but I want to see what the Icon Factory and Tabbots do. Yeah, that couldn't come quick enough, yeah. especially for six plus support. <laughs> and oh, I so the Twitter refresh update just went live um, on the App Store. Oh yeah, let's see. Yeah, there's a. I, I will. I saw a tweet that it was processing, and a guy on the chat room said, uh, "Red King, thanks, Red King." Um, he said that it's it just went live, so I'm checking as we speak, and of course I don't see it because I'm in Italy. Yay! Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't see it either. Twitterific actually looked okay anyway on the 6 Plus. Tweetbot does not look okay. Um, But you can kind of configure um, the, you know, with the settings with text and stuff Mm -hmm. for it to be. It looked a lot more appealing, basically. There's this um, great little utility that I'm using. Um, It's called Metaphor. Um, It basically lets you, uh, it is a photo editing extension. So you use this in, in the Photos app, um, and it lets you remove um, metadata 
uh, like GPS and EXIF information from your photos. Yeah. And that's super handy because otherwise I would have needed uh, like a uh, I needed to open an app and import my photos and then save back uh, the copy without the metadata. And now I can just do that in the Photos app with an extension. And it's much, much better than before. Um, I do that when I don't want to share where I am. Not that it's a problem because, I mean, if anyone wants to come see me, um, I'm happy. I'm always happy to have friends. Um, you know, just don't want mm, weird people. So sometimes I remove my information. There was one last thing that I wanted to ask you, and that we could both do this. Uh, if you just want to run through your uh, today view, I'd like to know what widgets you have. Like, what, what do you have enabled right now? Yeah. Okay, so keep in mind that I need to do some spring cleaning. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody does, so I don't think okay. we can judge you on that one. Anyway, top to bottom, uh-huh. Evernote. Pace Plus, Clips, which is not out yet. It's coming out soon. It's going to be great. Uh, Agenda Plus, Launcher, uh, which is, um, uh, it lets you set up shortcuts for apps, uh, basically using URL schemes, and you can launch them from Notification Center, uh, so anywhere on the system. Um, Workflow, also coming out soon. Um, You can follow updates at uh, Workflow HQ on Twitter. Uh, this other one that I'm that I, that I bought yesterday, um, World Time Widget. It's a it's a time zone widget, uh, only that unlike other uh, apps that display a list, uh, this is um, a more uh, horizontal layout um, time zone widget. It's it's nice. Um, there's this uh, bun this bundle of widgets. The that they they come with this app called. Uh, Widget widgets only without vowels. It's just you know W D G T S widgets, you know. And uh, uh, there's a calendar month view. Uh, there's a, a currency converter that um that is nice. It's a, it's got a custom ca- uh, keypad in there. Then I have Pcalc, Forecast Plus, and finally Live Sum. I think that probably I'm gonna drop Forecast Plus because I really don't care about the forecast all the time. I'm gonna probably gonna drop the currency converter one because when I when I need to do a conversion, I can just open pcalc. Um, I'm gonna keep pcalc because I the calculator, the general purpose calculator in Notification Center is really handy. And um, but you have it in Control Center, right? Yeah, pretty much. What's, yeah, what's so the difference? The calculators there? are probably gonna, you know, I'm gonna do some spring cleaning there. I'm gonna keep Evernote and Paste Plus because they're too handy and Clips must have. You will see in my review, Mike. Um, I'm excited for Clips and Workflow. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that the launchers and the, you know, these um, um, clipboard things, those are the, the, the most useful ones so far. I'm gonna keep those. Uh, I will add. I will drop Agenda Plus and add the Sunrise widget. Um, it's a, it's a, it reminds me of the the early App Store days. Uh, I was just trying apps and apps and apps, yeah. and yeah. and that eventually led to one of Mac Story's best, uh, you know, most prolific uh, periods. So I'm really optimistic about iOS 8 and iOS 9. So do you want to know what mine are? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I use Weather and Calendar. Uh, okay. Then I have OmniFocus. 
Um, time Zones from Jared Sinclair. Mm-hmm. Um, I use that widget there because I, I have lots. Uh, Evernote, uh, Pedometer Plus Plus, and then just tomorrow. Pedometer Plus Plus, huh? Yeah, nice. I, I am going to reinstall because I had this on the 5S um, from that uh, widgets, the currency converter, because it was really simple rather than having a full calculator there. Mm. I, I like that one. Yeah. Uh, so the the koala uh, in the chat room um, brought up uh, a great point. He asks uh, if I'm going to uh, go through my old workflow again um, around January when things uh, settle a bit, definitely. Uh, actually, um, uh, at the end of a year, I always do the um, My Must Have Apps series. And this year is going to be a great one because um, in December, uh, so mid to end December, I will have the time to to really understand what uh, what kind of apps I use or uh, you know uh, what are the apps that I just bought because I was curious. And uh, it's going to be a great one this year. Definitely. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep you guys updated on the on all these apps. Uh, it's just so much stuff, Mike, happening. Um, seems to me that uh, this new widgets and keyboards um, they opened up a lot of possibility for possibilities for developers. I do believe that Apple is going to start, you know, kind of um, rejecting some ideas. Probably, um, I know that um, uh, the app review team. Um, Basically, they found themselves in the situation of having to decide what to do with all these keyboards. Um, it appears that many of the keyboards that I that I wrote about the stuff for the gifs and emoji, um, they are being getting rejected now. Uh, they've been stuck in review for a week, and now they're getting re- rejected because uh, Apple decided that uh, a keyboard, even if it doesn't show. Um, an, alpha, uh, an, an, an alphabetic keyboard, it still needs to have a numeric option. Um, so, there, you know, things are still uh, changing and moving because th- all these new APIs are enabling developers to do some things that Apple, you know, uh, they're still unsure about. And we're going to see changes on the App Store. Uh, but I do believe that otherwise Apple is pretty much going to be cool with, you know, uh, all the basic ideas that we saw. Maybe just, you know, the the more... There's going to be some reshuffling, I think. You know, keyboards need to have numbers and widgets cannot do this specific feature and that, but otherwise we, we should be we should be cool. Um it's going to be it's going to be a great, great year until June. Can we can we start talking about IS9 yet? If you want to. No, not really. We haven't got the time today. So that's about it for this week's episode of Connected. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in, as always. Uh, If you tune in live, thank you for doing that. If you want to find out when the show streams live, go to relay.fm slash schedule, and you'll find our lovely calendar there. Um, If you want to find our show notes for this week's episode, you can do that at relay.fm slash connected slash six. If you want to find us online, I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Federico is at Viticci, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. He writes over at maxstories.net, and I host many podcasts at relay.fm. If you would like to keep in touch with our um, new father co-host, um, that's <laughs> at ISMH, 
and he writes at 512pixels.net. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Connected. Thank you to uh, Linda and Harry's for sponsoring. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye. Arrivederci.